4: 92.9 FM ESPN presents the area's only national columnist who spends his afternoons bringing unique perspective to Memphis radio. He'll make you think. He'll make you laugh. He'll sometimes make you change the station of children are around. And he apologizes in advance for that. It's 4 o'clock. Let's get into it. This is The Gary Parish Show.
1: I'm here. My name's Gary Parish. I'm speaking to you from Memphis, Tennessee. Bennett Doyle's producing the program. Glad he's with me. Glad you're with me. Hope you're getting through the day best you can.
4: Lost most
0: <laughs> and,
1: and first and foremost, I hope everybody is getting around safely. I know it's been a rough day out on the streets. Folks are without power. Really cold outside. I hope you guys are safe and stay safe. Beyond that, I hope you indulge me for a moment the way you've indulged me for the past 13 years because there's something I, I want to tell you here in just a minute, and I will. But first, quickly, let me set this afternoon's schedule for you. 420 Dan Walken is going to join me, National Commas USA Today. Talk to Dan about a number of things in sports, including the Trey Young drama in his home city of Atlanta. Dan Walken is going to be here in the next segment. When I finish that, I'll take a break, come back, do four notable stories at 4:44. At which point, we're going to discuss four previously undiscussed stories among them. Gris Sons on ESPN tonight. John Moran had some more interesting comments this afternoon. I'll tell you what he said around 444. Zach Wilson still stinks. It was confirmed last night in Thursday Night Football. Terrible performance from the quarterback bust. We'll dive into that story a little later on this hour. A rough result for Illinois has Memphis, I promise you, just on the verge of the top 25 and one. We'll get into that just before 5 o'clock. And Winter Storm Elliott, it ain't no joke. People crashing all over the place yeah. this morning. We'll spend a few minutes on that in more detail during four notable stories at 444. Five o'clock, Jeff is just like always. Then I will eventually do dinner to go and get on out of here. And so that's the rundown. We got a lot to get to. But I did want to start with an announcement. And the announcement is this. Today's the last episode of the Gary Parish Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. I've never said that out loud before until, like, just now. Sounds weird, yep, but it's true. Today is the final episode of the Gary Parrish Show on 92.9 FM ESPN, and that's because I have accepted a job with Grind City Media and the Memphis Grizzlies. What that means is that in 2023, yes, I'm going to continue my work with CBS Sports as usual, but I'll also be doing a show – Monday through Friday for Grind City Media that will be multi-platform available in audio and audio and video formats and available in all sorts of easily accessible places. So if you enjoy listening to me talk about Memphis sports, plus Dateline episodes, plus whatever else I decide I want to talk about on any given day, I'm still going to be doing that five days a week eventually. We're going to spend the next few months building that show. The plan is to launch it in April. And it's going to be a show that airs live earlier in the day than this show airs. And then it'll live in podcast form and be there whenever you have time for it. And just so we're clear, the starting in April thing, it's got nothing to do with like some non-compete clause or anything else. We simply want to take our time and, and, and do this right. Hire great people, plan with great people and start the show after the college basketball season concludes so that my normal travel with CBS Sports over the next few months doesn't prevent us uh, from being consistent in what we're doing. We want to hit the ground running and then run, 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 and I I can't wait to get started, but I'm also, if I'm being honest, kind of looking forward to taking a little break to, to recharge. In the Coming weeks and months, I'll be able to tell you all about the new show, but today I'd prefer uh, to just reflect on my 13 years here and answer some questions uh, I assume some of you might have. I can't answer all of them, of course, but one thing I do want you to know is that I'm leaving 92.9 FM ESPN on the best of terms, like really on the best of terms. I love this place. I was not looking to leave. I had no real desire to leave. I could have easily envisioned myself staying here until I decided I didn't want to talk every day anymore. On some level, that had kind of become my plan. The truth is that I started this show in January 2010, and my contract, like everybody else's contract, has expired many times between then and now, each time. I had options to leave. I've been offered shows in bigger markets. I've been offered national shows. Literally every time that I've approached the end of a contract here for the past 13 years, I've been presented with opportunities to, to leave 92.9. But I never left. And the explanation for that is, is twofold. One, I really... Really, really sincerely love doing this show on this station, and I feel fortunate to have been allowed to do it. And two, Dan Barron and the people at Odyssey fought like crazy to keep me from leaving every single time another opportunity presented itself, including this time. As recently as a few days ago, Odyssey was still trying to convince me to stay. But there's just nothing anybody at Odyssey or 92.9 could responsibly do at this point to, to make me pass on this opportunity my family and, and I were, were presented with this time. Every other time I've been presented with a new opportunity, an alternative opportunity to 92.9, I've, I've sat down with my family and we weigh the pros and cons of leaving or staying And every previous time, we determined that that staying was the right move. And every previous time, I do think that staying was the right move. But this time, the the scales just sort of tipped in the other direction for a variety of reasons. And it really is as simple and as clean as that. I don't want to say too much, but I do want everybody to understand the deal. So please forgive me if it feels like I'm saying too much. I'm just trying to be as honest about the situation as I can be, and I will explain why I'm trying to be that way in a moment. Now, I I promise I'm not silly enough to think all of you are devastated or even bothered in the least by this announcement. Some of you might never hear my voice after today, and some of you are probably excited about that. I see your tweets. I see your mean tweets. So congrats, haters. I won't miss you either. But at the other end of the spectrum, I do hope some of you are, let's say, not thrilled by this news, if only because you really like flipping on this station and hanging out with me every afternoon. And that's not going to be possible anymore. Perhaps, perhaps some of you will miss that. If so, I appreciate that. But what I also want you to know, if you are one of those people, is that, There is nobody to be mad at here. Over the years, hosts and producers have left 92.9, sometimes on good terms, sometimes on not-so-good terms. And sometimes folks jumped on Twitter or Facebook or wherever and directed real anger at 92.9 and some of the decision-makers here. How could you let this person go? This is the biggest mistake you've ever made. So the reason I'm, I'm telling you as much as I'm telling you about how all this went down today is because I don't want to see any of that this time. Nobody is letting me go. Dan Barron and everybody at Odyssey's headquarters worked hard and got super creative to try to convince me to stay. And without this other opportunity that's too good to pass up for me and my family, without this opportunity presenting itself, I would have stayed and been thrilled to stay. Because, again, I love this place. I love doing this show. I was just finally, for really the first time, presented with an alternative opportunity to 92.9 that was simply too good for me and my family to pass up. So starting in January, I'll be working for CBS Sports and Grind City Media while remaining a loyal listener of 92.9, which has established itself as one of the highest-rated sports talk stations in the entire country, which is wild to think about. And on that note, uh, please allow me to reminisce for just a few minutes here. So it's late 2009. Jeff Calkins and I are doing the Jeff and Gary show on an AM station. I doubt we had many listeners. I know we were making basically no money. And then we noticed, or we were made aware That 93X, this rock station, this rock station I grew up listening to, had flipped to ESPN Sports Radio. Initially, the station was just running national ESPN radio shows, Mike and Mike, Colin Coward, whatever. And the 93X fans hated it. At some point, with a what-could-it-hurt attitude, Jeff and I scheduled a meeting with Dan Barron to ask if he'd be interested in Maybe, just maybe, bringing the Jeff and Gary show to 92.9. Incredibly, he was. But he wanted it to be an afternoon drive-time show. Jeff and I had been doing mornings. We wanted to continue doing mornings. But Dan wanted, understandably, the first show on 92.9, the first local show, to be an afternoon drive show from 4 to 6. The problem was, and I only say this because Jeff has talked about it extensively over the years, the problem was Jeff was, at the time, going through a divorce. And he was about to start a life where he had to pick his kids up from school every other week. So like he couldn't do a two hour show in the afternoons. So what we did instead of the Jeff and Gary show was the Gary Perry show with Jeff Calkins and Jeff would join me by phone every day at five or whenever I got around to getting to him. Same as he does now. We launched that show in January, 2010. Brad Carson was my producer. Immediately 93X fans hated us. It was brutal. I didn't know Brad. Brad didn't know me. We were just sort of thrown together, and then we built the show into what it eventually became. And then several years back, Bennett Doyle took over as my producer, and he's been excellent as well. Brad and Bennett both played a massive role in everything we have uh, accomplished here. I I hope they understand that. You know... I remember in one of my earliest conversations with Dan Barron, we were sort of wondering about what was possible. Like, Sports Talk Radio had never been on a major FM signal in this market. Would it work? Would it fail? I don't guess any of us knew for sure. But I remember Dan saying very early on that he believed if we really did this right, we could maybe someday get a four share in our time slot. See, no sports talk show in Memphis had ever done more than like a two share or a three share, certainly not consistently. Very low numbers historically for sports talk radio in this market. But we had this strong FM signal, so why not aspire for more? Like a four share, maybe. That was the goal. All these years later, We get four times that, sometimes five times that number. This is literally one of the highest rated sports talk stations in the country. Every show on this station does well. Not just mine, every show. It's amazing and a testament to the loyal listeners. And I'm sure that's going to continue even after I'm gone. Either way, I'll forever be proud that I played a role, whatever role in 92.9, going from a sports talk station with one local show hoping to get a four share in the ratings someday to a sports talk station with four local shows that actually get four times and sometimes five times in the ratings what we initially hoped was even possible. Everybody who has ever talked on the air here had a hand in that. The incredible sales team, without whom... The lights couldn't even be kept on in this building, had a hand in that. Dan Barron, Brad Carson, Bennett Doyle, Dennis Fuller, all the hosts and producers, behind-the-scenes people like engineers, other folks in the building, had a hand in that. The late Keith Easterwood, whom we lost way too soon, and every other regular guest, had a hand in that. All of the committed listeners who hang with us every day from morning till evening had a hand in that. And all of the committed advertisers who invest in our shows had a hand in that. I'm genuinely proud of how successful this station has become. And like I said, it's going to continue to be successful for years to come. Even after I'm gone, I'm certain. If anybody here ever needs a guest who can respond to short questions with long answers, I'll be happy to jump back on 15 minutes at a time. In the meantime, I just want to say thank you. I'm a public school kid from Horn Lake, Mississippi. I used to drive around listening to George Lapidus, Dave Oloshan, the Rain Man, everybody on Sports 56. And if you would have told me back then that I'd get to someday host a drive-time show on an FM signal in my hometown, man, what a dream that would be. And it really has been a dream. It is not easy for me to give this up. I'm obviously super stoked about the future. But I do know I'm losing something by walking away from this. Drive time show on an FM signal. And that's not a great feeling. Even if I couldn't be more excited about why I'm walking away. And what I'm walking away for. I really do believe what I'm leaving 92.9 for is one of the very few things in this world. I would have left 92.94. That's the truth. So I just wanna make sure it's clear how much I enjoyed uh, these past 13 years and how much uh, I appreciate the chance I was given to do this job on this station. I never took it for granted. I never didn't have a blast. I'm sure every day wasn't the best day. I'm sure, but I can genuinely tell you I don't have any bad memories, nothing but good thoughts. Nothing but good feelings, nothing but gratitude. And I would also, most importantly, like to thank my family my wife, Kelly, my three boys, Aiden, Oliver, Lou. You know, for 13 years, in addition to all of my responsibilities with CBS Sports, I've done a radio show that doesn't allow me to get home till 6 30 at the earliest. You miss a lot of baseball practices, soccer practices, school plays, dinners. Just a lot of stuff doing that. Now, going forward, uh, I'll be working quite a bit earlier in the day, so maybe I'll be able to, to make up for some of that lost time and miss fewer things than, than I've been missing over the years. It's not easy uh, being married to somebody who works as much as I work. It's not ideal having a father who works as, as much as I do. There are benefits, obviously, sure but everybody has to, to sacrifice something. And I appreciate them always being understanding of my schedule and the demands that have been placed on me. As for what's next here in this slot on 92.9, that's not for me to say. I'm not Coach K, I'm not gonna name my successor, wouldn't even want to, <laughs> but I'm certain whatever 92.9 does, is gonna be successful in all of the ways that you want a radio show to be successful. And I look forward to being a listener and possibly an occasional guest if they'll be kind enough to, to have me every once in a while.
4: Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone studios. We don't pray for disaster. We just pray we get called when there is one. At Service Master by Cornerstone. Now. Now, back to the Gary Parrish show on 929 FM ESPN.
1: Here come the menaces of sobriety like what? What? Super thuggers dumping on the clock. Grizzly Sons tonight. Down at the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona. It's gonna be on ESPN. John Morant doubled down on his He Ain't Worried About the West comments earlier today when he met with the media. We'll get into that story in the next segment. Jeff Calkins will be here a little after 5 o'clock, but right now he's a national columnist, USA Today. It's Dan Walken making the big interview. Award-winning
4: writers, athletes, coaches, the biggest names in sports. It's the Gary Parrish Show Big Interview on 92.9 FM ESPN.
1: So Dan Walken, every single day now we got these uh, bowl games like we do every year around this time, and I am someone who loves college football, but I don't know that I refuse to participate in the bowl games until the college football playoff, but I just find myself uninterested, and I don't even bother to turn them on. I don't even know when they're being held. As somebody who covers the sport on a daily basis, where are you at on all of these football games? I know people watch them, but does anybody? How? What percentage of people who watch them actually care about them?
3: Yeah, interesting topic. First of all, let me just say, when you put out that you had an announcement, I did listen to the first segment, uh-huh. and uh, congratulations. I'm honored to be on the last uh, Gary Perr show on 92.9, so uh, thanks for that. Thank and you. it's been uh, a wonderful run, and, and you've been a tremendous uh, success story. So um, congratulations, and uh, we'll look forward to what's next. Um, as far as the bowl season, You know, I'm not one of those people who sits there and says, there's too many bowl games. Why do we have all these bowl games? Like, there's no harm in any of this stuff. If you want to watch it, great. If you want to play, great. If you don't want to watch it, fine. If there's players who want to sit out, I'm cool with that too. Like, the stakes are low. We all understand that. But it's entertainment, and it's a reward. And there's a place for it in the system. I think, you know, there are certainly games where, like South Carolina, for example, they're playing Notre Dame in – used to be called the Gator Bowl. I don't know who sponsored it now, but uh, they sold like 30-something thousand tickets or 40,000 tickets, and they're really fired up about it. And, you know, they're not going to be in the playoff, but they had a fun season, and they got good at the end, and they're playing Notre Dame, and they're really excited about that. And so I don't, you know, poo-poo anybody who gets into the bowl games. I'm not going to sit there and say I've watched every single one or I'm going to watch every single one, um, but – You know, the system is what it is. I think it'll change and probably be devalued even more in two years when we've got a 12-team playoff. Um, But, you know, I just don't see any harm to it. And the reality is if these things didn't make money for people, they didn't get good ratings on TV, uh, then they wouldn't have them. And so the fact that they exist shows that there's a market for it.
1: Talking to Dan Walken from USA Today. Obviously, name, image, and likeness has been back in the news a lot this week because um, players are transferring, people are signing. Jimbo Fisher had some comments that got Lane Kiffin's attention. Um, you know, where are we at on money? Genuinely being the determining factor in these announcements that that we're we're hearing every day. I saw one story where a five-star recruit was like flipping back and forth from one school to the next to the next and the assumption is that you know it's 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 a bidding war uh, to try to get a, a signature on a piece of paper
3: it's really hard to know because for one thing there's no transparency and even the schools themselves don't really know for sure what other schools are doing oftentimes when a coach is trying to figure out what a player wants in terms of NIL and they're talking to either the player or the family or some agent, you know, they don't know for sure that the information they're getting is correct. You know, a coach may be told, listen, this player is going to get $100,000 from this, you know, from this other school where the other school may be being told that about your school. And it may be that none of it's true. And it's just somebody trying to, you know, trying to throw a line in the water and get somebody to bite. And so all this NIL stuff is, is really, really hard to get a handle on right now. I think a lot of what's out there, what's rumored, is, is way overstated. You know, Pat is going out there on radio shows talking about Drake who's getting offered $5 million to transfer from North Carolina. Like, there's just no chance that's true. Um, and there are certain players where a lot of money's involved. There's no question about that but I don't know that for the majority of these kids money is the determining factor. Um, It certainly may be in some cases, but that doesn't guarantee anything either. I mean, look at what happened at Texas A&M last year. It was a, it was a mess. It was a disaster. So I, I honestly like now am at the point where I just tune out whatever the coaches say about this stuff, I don't care. I don't want to hear the complaints. Like it's going to be fine. You know, the, Best schools have gotten most of the best recruits. That's going to continue to be the case. There's going to be other schools that have an opportunity to get good players because of NIL, and we'll all see how it shakes out on the wash. But I'm just not really going to entertain anymore people freaking out or calling it the end of the world because it's just not.
1: To my knowledge, we haven't had a player publicly stand up and say, I was promised this and I didn't get it. But I have heard stories from various coaches uh, throughout the industry who say, yeah, this staff promised this kid this, and he ended up not getting it, and you know, it was a bad deal there, a bad deal here. Do you hear similar things? How much of a thing do you think that is, over-promising, under-delivering via NIL?
3: I think there's no doubt that that's occurred. I don't know, you know how much of it is sort of hidden in, in some of the language these, these kids are signing, or you know, maybe they're just sort of accepting a, a verbal promise. Um, the truth is, you know, a lot of these collectives that are, are going out there raising all this money, they have pledges, they have people saying that they're going to give them money, but they don't necessarily have millions upon millions of dollars in, in a bank somewhere ready to hand out. You know, they're dealing on promises, too. They're promising kids certain things, but they're also counting in those promises on their donors to actually send them the money that they say they're going to send. And I think that's where a lot of this stuff is is maybe a little bit, um, maybe some signals are getting crossed or there's just a little bit of confusion, a little bit of deception. Uh, And maybe it's not malicious. Maybe it's just somebody made a deal based on the idea that this collective was going to have the money on on hand. And, you know, right now, I mean, you know, look at what's happening in the economy. Like, you know, everybody, especially extremely wealthy people, like they, a lot of their money is, is, um, you know, is not necessarily liquid. It's uh, in, you know, some type of securities, and those securities are worth less than they were two years ago. And, and you know, maybe it's harder for them to actually, you know, get that cash or to transfer that cash. I mean, there's all kinds of things in this that are um, confusing, and it's why I will once again go back to the original 30,000-foot uh, view that I have of college athletics, which is it is absolutely insane that colleges are – farming out paying players to entities they have no control over let's just go back to the drawing board collectively bargain this and give the athletes a share of the revenue that they deserve and then we don't have to do all this stuff about promises being made and broken and and nil contracts and collectives and all this stuff that um we don't need to do. You can just do this a lot easier by sharing the revenue. And that's what they should be doing because it is professional sports.
1: You and I, and I think most people believe we will eventually get there, but is that a five-year uh, trek to get there? A 10-year trek, a 20-year trek? When do we finally arrive at that sensible place? Well, let's see what happens
3: with this latest uh, situation with the NLRB, which is National Labor Relations Board. Um, there is now a, uh, a case that uh, could lead to unionization of uh, student-athletes uh, at USC, which it would start at private school level. It would start just there, but it would undeniably have to uh, spread, and there would have to be some accommodations made. Uh, we'll see what happens with this new NCAA president, Charlie Baker, who, you know, the governor of Massachusetts, clearly hired because he's a political figure, uh, clearly hired to bridge a gap in Washington, D.C. with uh, politicians. I don't know where it's all going to go. It's not going to be imminent, but I do think, you know, the wheels are moving. And if unionization is allowed at a place like USC, I mean, that could be one of the big trigger points that really gets this thing moving.
1: Talking to Dan Walkin from USA Today. Let's bounce over to the NBA. Your home city franchise the Atlanta Hawks have uh, lost six of their past 10 games they're 16 and 16 sitting at ninth in the east and now Trey Young's name either uh, reasonably or unreasonably is is getting attached to possible trade talks Uh, what exactly is going on with that Atlanta franchise as it pertains to to Trey Young
3: well I don't put anything into this trade idea I mean I think this is you know gossip in the league, rival GMs talking about theoretical things that, that might or might not happen. I think it's very difficult to envision a scenario where Curry young would be actually traded anytime soon. And I don't even think it's worth really discussing seriously, but there is certainly like a lot of drama. There's too much drama. Um, A lot of it, frankly, I think just comes down to the fact that he has not had a great year Um, and that's on him. I mean, that's, I don't think you can look at the situation in Atlanta and say they have not done a good job of surrounding Trey young with other talented players. Like that's clearly not true. Um, they've done a pretty good job of it. I mean, I don't know that they've been perfect, uh, but you know, they did make a conference finals two years ago. Um, they were in the playoffs last year. This is not like some sinking ship. They're going to be in the playoffs this year, assuming they, they get healthy and stay reasonably healthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely tension and there's way too much drama. I I think, Definitely some friction with the coach, uh, which that's you know, a relatively easy thing to fix. But at the end of the day, you if you are going to be the face of a franchise, if you're going to be the leader of a franchise, you have to also fit the pieces around you and, and accommodate other players by the way you play. And sometimes it, the perception and sometimes the reality is that, that Trey does as brilliant and as uniquely talented as he is But sometimes his process does not help other players be the best they can be. And we've seen some of that spill out into public drama, and it just doesn't ever seem to go away. So when you have a franchise that's underperforming and a superstar that's underperforming, this is what gets talked about. But I do think at the end of the day, like, the best way to fix this and the easiest way to fix this is for him to play better, and a lot of that goes away.
1: Wrapping up here with Dan Walkin from USA Today. Last thing before I let you go, John Morant, Grizzlies point guard, earlier this week had a sit-down with Malika Andrews, and among other things, she asked him, like, when you look out there, who's the team you see or some of the teams you see that you go, okay, yeah, we're going to have to get by them. He immediately, like without hesitation, says the Celtics. And she says, not anybody in the West? And he said, no, nah, I'm fine in the West. Earlier today, They're in Phoenix, by the way. He was asked about it again, and he said, I stand on that. I said what I said. I'm worried about the Celtics. I'm cool with everybody in the West. When you Grizzlies fans love that. How does that play with a non-Grizzlies fans, non-Memphian, but someone who follows the NBA like yourself?
3: I don't think it's going to play all that well, to be honest, because, I mean, look, they're obviously a really good team, and they are a contender in the West, but – I mean, they've won one playoff series, and it was not, you know, it was a, it was a struggle at that. I mean, that that's what they've done. That's their resume. One playoff. Series. Now that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, go win the West this year. You certainly could, but there is a progression to this stuff, and you know, it just seems like, at least the the tenor of those comments um, would suggest that in in his mind they've already skipped all those steps, and I don't think it's that easy. I don't think. In reality, and I just forget sort of the the silliness of it or or the you know the audacity of it. I mean, I just don't think it's reality. Like, there's really good teams in the West. You've got to be, uh, you know, you've got to be healthy. You've got to have a little bit of luck. And you know, they haven't proven it yet. And until they do prove it, then I don't know that I would talk like that. But then again, I'm not John Moran. I'm not that talented. So um, I, I think. Look, they may win a championship one day, they may win the West, but I do think they've got a pretty good ways to go before that should be uh, already assumed to have uh, been in the bag.
1: That is Dan Walken, National Comunist, USA Today. Make sure you're reading him, usatoday.com. He's on Twitter, at Dan Walken. Thanks, buddy, for this and everything else. I'll talk to you again real soon. All right, see you, man. Bye-bye. That's Dan Walken from USA Today. We come back, we'll continue the Grizzlies conversation. Grizz Sons tonight In Phoenix, 9 o'clock tip, going to be right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Gary Darby will have a pregame for you at 8.30. Then Eric Hasseltine on the call at 9. Like I mentioned, John Morant met with the media in Phoenix earlier today. He doubled down on his comments. Love it. We'll get into that next. You're listening. Gary Show. we are on 92.9 FM ESPN.
4: Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios. We don't pray for disaster. We just pray we get called when there is one. At Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, now, back to the Gary Parish Show on 92.9 FM right, ESPN. Your eyes behold the sight. It's only Monday. Tomorrow never comes until it's Tuesday.
5: Just So you remember who you dealing with The number don't change I know who the chemist is Brick by brick we kept open dealerships Mitch by Mitch we built up our villages
6: Jeff Calkins, the World
1: Economic me, Daily Memphian Host of the Jeff Calkins Show Weekdays 9 to 11 right here on 92.9 FM ESPN He's going to join me a little after 5 o'clock Just like always, but right now got four stories I'd like to discuss
4: four notable stories at 444 Gary tends to lose focus start telling stories and forget what he wanted to talk about at certain points every afternoon so we've developed a device that ensures he'll touch on important things you need to know each day at this time this is GP's four notable stories at 444 story number one should
1: be a fun night tonight Grizzly Sons. not. 9 o'clock tip right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. It's another nationally televised game for the Grizz. It'll uh, be broadcast on ESPN. Grizzlies listed as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Obviously, Devin Booker out, Cam Johnson out, so the Suns are shorthanded. Desmond Bain listed as questionable, so we'll see about that. But uh, John ja Morant, Desmond Bain, and other members of the Grizzlies did meet with the media earlier today, and Ja was asked about his I'm fine in the West comments uh, that, that he provided to Malika Andrews earlier in the week, Drew Hill uh, got the, uh, the the quote. I'm stealing it from his Twitter page. Uh, John ja was asked about that comment, and he said, and I'm standing on that. I stamp it. Reporter follows up. What about the Suns? They are in the Western Conference, right? Ja said. I said I was fine in the Western Conference. <laughs>
5: That's hilarious. I love it. I love it, too. Um, yeah. Uh, first, uh, before I I talk about that, I do want to say just really quick, if you'll indulge me, that um, I want to say over the airwaves, congratulations on your oh, new move. Thank and I, you. And I also just want to say that uh, it has been an honor and a privilege to do this radio show with you every day. Um, you know, if you would have told me God, years ago when I was a delivery driver listening to the Jeff and Gary show on AM radio that, you know, I'd get a chance to work in radio and produce this show one day. I would have told you you're crazy. So thank you for everything, man, and uh, and I look forward to what's
1: next. Thank you. That's really sweet. Um, I meant it. Like what I said, you and Brad uh, have both uh, sat in that chair um, over a span of 13 years, and um, and, and you, you have to – Like, when you are my producer, you have to deal with a lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure. You know, and and it's not – you don't have to deal with a lot of stuff in the sense that I don't ask much of you in terms of prep the show. Right, right. Plan the show. You know, when I would do these shows for CBS Sports Network, I was – you know, you'd you'd get – I'd host these radio shows, Jim Rome show or the DA show, any of them. And the producers – like, I just didn't know it worked this way because I'd never really been in – I never done radio except for with me, and I just did. I didn't. I didn't learn from anybody. I just did it the way I what felt comfortable to me. And you'd be host guest hosting one of these CBS Sports National shows, and like the day before, the producer would like send you documents of here's some topics I think would be great for mm-hmm. the A block in hour two we can get into this, and I and I was like, okay, thank you. But what I was really thinking was like, yo, just let, how about you? <laughs> I got this. I got this. Yeah, I don't need you to plan my show, but they really do plan shows. Um, for you know, a lot of hosts have their shows planned for them by producers, and so I don't ask a lot from you in that respect because I I'd rather just do it myself. But you got to deal with a travel schedule. You got to deal with uh, canceled flights. You got to deal with, hey, I'm in New York today and I got to be in the studio at four o'clock. So we got to pre tape and got to do that at one o'clock. Like you really have to sort of give up your routine because I don't have a normal routine. And if I don't have a normal routine, you don't have a normal routine. And um, I know that's not always easy. It hasn't always been easy, but I don't ever remember you complaining about it. And I don't ever remember Brad complaining about it. And so that is. Uh, one of the millions of things that I um, always appreciated being here is that the way everybody accommodated my schedule and never made me feel bad um, or, or like I'm not living up to my end of the deal when I would have to miss a show because I'm in Philadelphia for a Villanova-St. Joe's game or have to miss a show because... Uh, I'm traveling to this other place. Like everybody, uh, that really is one of the fortunate things because uh, uh, it's true on the CBS side too. All of my bosses that I deal with and the people that I work directly with understand that I get pulled a lot of different directions and I have a lot of responsibilities and no, nobody ever has made me feel bad about that. Everybody is encouraging and helpful and understanding and mostly patient. And you were right at the top of that list. I can't even guess how many times I'd have to text you uh, 348 and say, I'm. We're screwed. (laughs) There's a car wreck, and I'm just sitting here. Yeah. Get some spots ready. It's all good. You mean you never said, hey, Genius, I don't know. We've been doing this for a while now. You ever think about leaving your house at like 2.45 and just finish doing whatever you need to do here? Like maybe that would be a good idea. Just leave your house at 2.45 every day. Even if you hit a wreck, you'll be fine. And if you don't hit a wreck, you'll be hit by 3.15, and you can just use those next 45 minutes prepping. If you'd have ever said that to me, I'd have been like, you know, he's making a good point. That's a solid point. And I'm sure you thought it. I mean, I've thought it, but it was never brought to me. So thank you. Um, I appreciate everything you've done for me and and everything everybody here has done for me. Like I I said at the top, um, you know, I am excited about what I'm running to. Super excited. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm a little, there's a little sadness about leaving something that we built and built into something that... uh, you know, has been successful in all the ways that you would want it to be successful. For sure.
5: Um, Back to uh, Ja and the Grizzlies. Um, You know, I mean, I love the confidence, too. I I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I I totally get that. Um, What I will say, what's, what's, oh. Oh, look, it's Brad Krest, Cowboy Carson. Hang on, I got to find, I can't see
2: anything in there. (laughs) That's another problem. No, I I don't want to interrupt y'all's show, and I, I just wanted to add, since Bennett jumped in before you do your stories, that uh, we're just super grateful about the last 13 years uh, and doing some work in the back. And I heard you, and I thought I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't jump in and and congratulate you. First of all, I'm happy for you. I'm sad for us. Happy for you, um, but this is a bittersweet day, and uh, I'm just I'm grateful for you and the opportunity. Like Bennett.
1: Yeah. No. Thank you. Um, like this. This is. You know, in the spirit of full transparency, this all happened pretty fast. And, uh, you know, as recently as, I don't know, a month ago, I didn't think this was in the cards. And and then I was approached and I had some really uh, awesome conversations. And just like I said, was presented with an opportunity that, uh, all things considered, felt like I, I just, in this time, could not pass up for a lot of different reasons. Uh, it, it certainly wasn't just any one thing. It was a number of things. And, like I said in the opening segment, over the years, um I have been presented with other opportunities to 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 go do more or less what I do on radio in other places. And every time, um, even when you know, maybe it was a bigger market, maybe it was more money, it never made sense. At least I didn't think it never made sense for me to leave. Um And that's why I stayed every time. and And this time, we just sort of reached a point where, it felt like the sensible thing was was to go, but I don't do it with zero um uh, regrets. Like this is something I'm proud of that we built. because uh, we really did build it for nothing. Obviously, it starts with <laughs> it's true. It starts with Dan Barron. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. having the foresight to flip a rock station to a sports station, but then also having the confidence to hire me to host a show. Do you realize? I know you do. But before I hosted this show, I had never hosted a show by myself. It was the Jeff and Gary show. Now, I had done, like, a show here or there. Jeff's on vacation. Like, I had done it. But this wasn't like, well, yeah, here's this established solo uh, radio personality. Let's throw him on what used to be 93A. Like, it wasn't that. It was, let's take a chance on somebody and let's see if we can do this. And then... You know, Brad had never produced a sports talk show, and I had never hosted by myself a sports talk show. And Brad and I didn't know each other. <laughs> no. And like, I mean, like, I don't That's mean, true. I don't, I don't mean didn't
2: know. Like, I didn't know who he was. No, we literally had never met. I, we didn't know who I didn't know who you were.
1: Yeah, like he didn't know he wasn't like listening to the Jeff and Gary show over on uh, AM seven. And I'm not trying to be like, no, like, like we uh, didn't
2: we didn't know each other. You might not even know seven thirty existed. I didn't know it existed. I was just in a different space in my career, and we were—we literally met in the lobby. But to your to your credit, about you not doing a solo show except for filling in, like you took that sucker by the balls early. I I'll, and I give you credit for that, and I think that was why it was so successful. Relatively soon, like I know you. I, I listened to you in the open, and you said, you know, uh, we got some. We did get some hate stuff at the beginning, but like. It happened pretty fast, and and when you were doing it by yourself and Jeff was living in a minivan outside of his house, um, you know, it turned pretty quickly.
1: That is, that is true, um, that we wondered if it would work, and then we, for whatever reason, we had... Evidence pretty quickly that it was yeah, gonna, I mean, that it that right it was going to work. It, yeah. Like we, whatever goals we had set, we reached them pretty quickly, and then exceeded them pretty quickly, and then smashed them. Which yeah. um, is that show? I mean, pretty, you know, pretty convincing. Now the
2: rest so. of the day was another story until we added some stuff. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean that that four to six right away was was pretty pretty relevant.
1: Yeah, and so yeah, I would, so. Uh, and so I got that I had to, I had to get to know Brad on the air yeah. every day. Like I knew Bennett for years before Bennett was producing the show. But I had to get to know Brad on the air. And I don't know if you know this, but Brad and I are kind of different personalities. <laughs> A little different. And I actually, th- I think that made, um, yeah. I think that was part well, of the fun of that.
2: I want to get out of your way. I did want to step in. And I thought that was nice that Bennett kind of stopped you there before you got into Four Stories. And, and I give you credit, Bennett, too. I, I think the show has continued, it just... It's really ascended to new new levels in these last three or four years, too, and it's just it's remarkable to see what you built here, Gary. We're grateful. We're going to miss you. I know Jeff will say similar things. I know you're not going anywhere in terms of, like, you're going to live here. You're not leaving the market, which I'm also grateful for because I want to see you and, and uh, hear you and uh, be part of your life. Uh, I remember you mentioned Easterwood. We went through a lot, you know, and, and there's going to be some tweets and people will follow this and you can tell these stories on the air, but... I think of those early days with Harvard Horn Lake, mm. that that's what she said. Easterwood's passing. Um, obviously some some traumatic times for you and your family and some amazing times for you and your family where I was literally praying on the air filling in shows while you were on your way to the hospital to have a baby going. Please, Lord, let this work out. And through all of it, I'm a better person uh, for having worked with you and and this is a better station, and uh, we're gonna miss you. But uh, I congratulate you, and I'm happy for you.
1: You're a battered person for having worked with me. Uh, Not better, battered person. Thank you. That means a lot, brother. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I, I guess to to that I would I would say, um, like that's really nice. I, I you know, I planned this show just like I planned every show. And I could have just left the whole thing open, and we could have just sat here and talked about all the great things mm-hmm. I've done and, and all the great things I plan to do. I didn't want to do that because even for me, that felt a little too much. Even for me. You can believe that. But I do appreciate you stopping yeah. me and saying that, and I appreciate Brad saying that. And I should also say, um, I appreciate Dan Barron letting me do this. Not every radio station would let somebody do this. Because it, it, it is true I'm not moving, but you know what that means. It means that I'm in some ways about to be a competitor, in some ways. And there are um, certainly people who run radio stations around this country who would look at, uh, look at that and say, hey, you know, we appreciate everything you've done and you've meant a lot to us but we're not going to let you go on our air and talk about this new thing you're going to be doing that will in some ways directly compete with us. And um you know Dan Barron was nice enough to let me say goodbye on the air. He didn't have to do that. And you know and Brad didn't have to do that. So I appreciate them letting me do this today the way that I wanted to do this today and I I don't uh I don't I don't take it for granted. Rather than pop through the rest of these stories I mean, I could tell you Zach Wilson sucks, but you know that, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. I could tell you Grizzly Suns are going to be fun tonight. You, you already know that. Yep, yep. I can tell you Illinois got smashed last night, and now Memphis is 27th in my top 25-1. and one. Literally, all you need is one of these teams at the bottom of the top 25-1 and one to lose, and uh, Memphis is going to pop right in there. Eh, boom, I just told you everything you need to know. And then, yeah, it's cold outside, and there's a lot of wrecks. You know all that, too. Yeah. Let's just take a break, and Jeff Hawkins is up next. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline,
4: live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, with Jeff Hawkins on today's show. Presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. Online at redrivertoyota.com. Now, now back to the That's Gary Parish Show night. on 92.9 FM ESPN. i for last night. i feeling all right. And I'm warm. It's nine lives Swallowing hot knives. What good is hindsight If we
1: Premium 80 proof vodka. It's made from the finest quality grains. Five times distilled for unparalleled smoothness. Filtered three times to create a soft finish. As I'm sure you know by now, it is so smooth. You can drink it straight. And I promise you it is what I buy when I'm inside the liquor store. And that's because it's a quality vodka that's reasonably priced. Wouldn't make sense for me, you, anybody else to spend extra money on any other brand. If you're looking for a quality vodka to enjoy in these frigid cold nights or days. I don't care when you get into it. New Amsterdam Vodka is going to be the best value you can find. You like flavored vodka? They make a bunch. Watermelon, lemon, raspberry, orange, redberry, peach, pineapple, coconut, passion, fruit. And have you tried the Pink Whitney yet? If not, you should. It's a pre-made New Amsterdam Vodka, pink lemonade drink. You can buy it in a bottle. Ready to go. Just put it on ice or chill it. You can find it in your favorite liquor store. Next time you're in a bar or restaurant, ask for it by name. New Amsterdam Vodka. Pour your soul out. On the web, com. Jeff Calkins is an award-winning columnist, Daily Memphis. Host of the Jeff Cawkins Show weekdays, 9 to 11, right here on 92.9 FM And Joins me every day after 5. He's here right now. Jeff Calkins, how are you?
6: Well, you know, GP, I leave for five minutes, and uh, you get the hell out of town.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm a little
6: wistful. You know, we've been doing this for for...
1: Thirteen, 13 years. years, thirteen years, this segment. and if this you and, segment. If, and if you count the yeah. Jeff and Gary show, we've been doing radio together for fifteen years. Fifteen years, and this is it. This is the last segment right here. Hey, you Get know, a little teary. you know when he a little teary. Yeah, um, question. Do you know anybody I can talk to about just any random stuff for 30 minutes a day
2: going forward? <laughs> like, 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 is
1: there any? Like the, the, that's, the, that's, the thing I, that's the thing I started thinking about when I was weighing the pros and cons. I was like, right. you know, if I'm being honest, 25% of my show is just me talking to Jeff about whatever. <laughs> whatever the hell
6: comes up. You don't seem to have any problem talking to anyone about it, whatever. though. like you and you and Bennett talk about whatever, and you whatever. But I did. Like Drew Hill just texted me, and said I, I'm gonna miss hearing you and Gary every day at five o'clock. He said I listen every day, no. and uh, and I'll be honest, like I'll miss it. Like it's been. There are times. What I'm in Michigan. Like even tonight, I'm about to go. <laughs> we I'm in Connecticut, and we're about to go. I'm with family here, and then we're gonna go to this other Airbnb be for dinner, and. Maybe during the segment, I'm going to get in a minivan and drive, and I'm going to be talking. So there are times it's a pain in the ass sure. to argue at five o'clock from wherever I am. But honestly, like compared to my show, which is kind of I got I got to prepare for it, and I do work, and I plan, and I all this other stuff. This this part is just like, what, what the hell we're we going to talk about today? No, and uh, and and it, it's it's really a blast. This this segment has been. And I, it, it, uh, for some reason, we became even more unhinged over the years, uh, <laughs> untethered to the actual <laughs> events of the day. So, yeah, I will, I, I will. you know, I will, I will miss this segment. There's no question because uh, it's, it's been a blast.
1: No, this is my favorite segment every day. And I think if you probably, you know, and God knows you probably will at some point put a poll up. <laughs> but if you put a poll up about the yeah. about the the favorite segment, so which the, part of the GP show do you miss the least? Now that <laughs> yeah, exactly.
6: When we start on January second, yeah, so part of yeah.
1: I can't wait. I'll be uh, wait. I'll uh, be waiting to vote in that poll myself. And so um, I, I bet if you put it to a poll, people with with all due respect to every segment I've ever done, I think people enjoy that. Uh, we call it the five o'clock segment. It's more like five eleven, five o eight. But like when whenever oh, we long, and for a long time it was we did Harbor Horn Lake during a segment on Friday. Fridays. yeah. Yeah, we did. Like you'd come in studio. Oh, then, I miss that.
5: I you think know, you know. You know what happened. Gary I got, got bored of it. No, yeah, you Gary started. You started doing the porn thing and just
6: Gary mailed in all the bored. all the just all the questions.
5: It. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. uh-huh.
1: <laughs> got, I started doing the porn thing. That's an explanation. You for would it.
6: not. You would not do that today, by the way.
1: No, I wouldn't. Absolutely not. I, I wouldn't do a lot of the things that I used to do or say. Like if I went back and listened to those shows from 2010, I would be. I would cringe. I'd, I I don't. I I wouldn't talk the way. Yeah. I, t- I wouldn't say the things I say. I
5: don't think we could have done Harvard Horn
1: Lake in this day and age.
5: Oh, no, no. You could
6: have done it. Huh? No, I don't like, know. It got, it got off the rails. Yeah, and-
1: me, and, me, and, me and Chris Vernon talk about this sometimes. Some of the stuff we've done on radio that you just could not do anymore. Like, do you remember Chris used to have a guest, and it was a he was a he was a guy, he was a personality, but he would he played a character named Rusty. And Rusty was, uh, yeah.
6: Rusty was like, Rusty was like, he was, he was, Rusty was intellectually
1: challenged. He was, it was, I don't know. And, the, he, and he does joke about like Peyton Manning's big head. I <laughs> yes. like Peyton Manning because he has a big, I like his yes. big forehead, right? That, like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's that's exactly right. So, like, can you imagine hearing that on radio today? You would get fired over that. Okay.
6: You're right, um, I think that's exactly right. You could not do. It would be like, look what Chris Fern is doing, uh, making fun of disabled people
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's right. what yeah, yeah, no, you'd be fired. you'd be fired, yeah, no, but I but like you know, take that, put it aside. you ever go back and listen to those. They are hilarious, <laughs> but but you can't, but you can't you can't do them anymore, and there's some there's a lot of stuff that I, I I've done in the past as it pertains to this show that I wouldn't do um that I wouldn't do anymore, um but back to back to you and I like this is uh this is the most fun because if I'm gonna talk to Tim bontips, I gotta I've gotta prep for that. I've gotta if I'm gonna right. talk to Dan walk I prep for that. Any guest for you, I genuinely th- there is a reason I introduce you the way I introduce you. It is intentional. Hey, Jeff Calkins, uh
6: how are you? Right And you don't ever ask, you don't start by asking a question. no, you it's, just say right because, because I want to start close because right.
1: sometimes you might just say, I'm good, GP and, and then I know, okay, I gotta go. but sometimes you will say, so I was reading this thing earlier, today, and then we're off. And I enjoy that for two reasons. Those are the conversations that I, I I find most entertaining and interesting. They're the ones that personally I don't know if they make everybody else laugh, but they're the ones that make me laugh the most. And then um, it's no prep. It's like I got 30 minutes here, 25 to 30 minutes here that I didn't really have to prep. I just had to talk to a friend, and I will miss that. that I, I, you know, I've I talked a lot today about pros and cons, and you weigh everything. You know, and 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 you you. Know, you in the cons list of leaving is like don't get to talk to Jeff for thirty minutes every day anymore. That's literally in the on the on the list. That, 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 yeah, that, what's
6: funny is, is back when we, back when your colleagues at the commercial teal, we used to talk all the time off the air too. Now we really only talk on the <laughs> yes. air. Like occasionally we'll talk off the air once every couple of weeks. We'll we'll talk about something else. But basically, this is where we this is where we talk.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So maybe I just have so, to call, maybe I have to call you every once in a while now.
6: Yeah, that's that's yeah. It's a little anyway, uh you did I say. You didn't you know, you, you you weren't critical of live people. So um <laughs>
1: I, I, I got a buddy who did uh who did say he just got a text message from somebody that says it sounds like GP's joining live golf. <laughs> I'm not joining live golf and I don't mean for I don't mean for it to come it. across that way. And and I, 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 I hope um I, I hope it's it's understood that when I say it was an opportunity too good to pass up. I mean, for a lot of different reasons, right. it, was, it wasn't It was just, better.
6: it's also good for your life. Honestly, like I, here's the truth. It was when we started this thing and we were, it was a it was, you know, we did this show on this other station, the Jeff and Gary show. And then I was a single father of young kids and I was not willing to do an after now. I, I didn't have a wife at that point. I had an ex wife who was very supportive and whatever else, but I wasn't willing to do an afternoon drive time show when I had kids, little kids and you have have managed somehow to do it. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, I think you, you've got, you've got two young kids at home and I think this will be better for you and your young kids and everything else to not do a, have to do a drive. Like that's when games happen. That's when plays happen. That's when all this stuff happens. And I, I was not willing to do a drive time show. That's why I have a morning show is because I just, I wasn't willing to do it. Now, again, like when I had the kids, the week that I had the kids, I had the kids. And so I really couldn't do it. Whereas you have Kelly happily, you know, to, to, to help you through, but it's a huge sacrifice, you know, to do it to that four to six blocks. So I totally understand. And, and, and you know, you look at things have a lifespan, you know, Mike and Mike, you know, they, they went as long as they did, you know, Feinfeld, whatever it is, pick your thing. 13 years is a
1: good long time. Yeah, 13. And it doesn't feel like 13 years. Like, that's a, that sounds like a long time, but it really feels like it sort of flew by. And, um, no, you're exactly right about now working days instead of, you know, 4 to 6. But I want to be fair and make sure. Like, I think if I went to Dan Barron and said, I can't work 4 to 6 anymore, you either give me a daytime show or I've got to go, they would have worked on that. They would have made that work. Uh, they would have accommodated that. So I, I'm not picking days over afternoon drive. But but once you make that choice, um, it it is it is pretty obvious to me that um, being done with work or much earlier in the day, or at least this work much earlier in the day, is going to be um, hopefully a positive for my life. And the other thing, you know, now we're probably getting too much into the weeds. But I if if I have one hour to prepare for something, I will spend one hour preparing. If I have you know till four o'clock in the afternoon. I'll spend all day working on the same thing. And so there's 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 something to be said for, yo, you got to do this thing now and it'll be over at this time. I don't have as much time in the day now to like keep going back to it and back to it and back to it. And I think that'll be I think that'll be good too because what I what I found over the years if if you give me 2 hours or 6 hours, I'll take whatever you give me. But the sh- the two the 2 hours show that I pr- the the prep prep for two hours do the show it's gonna be the same show that I prep for six hours and so now I, I I won't have six hours every morning to prepare for something which I'm I'm actually looking forward to right.
6: yeah but I will uh promise it. and uh and I wish you the best and and what you the other thing we all realize is is that I mean I realized that when I went from the CA to the daily membership like these institutions all carry on <laughs> you know what I mean oh, yeah. like uh- like it, it didn't sink to CA when I left and it, you know, whatever else. And I, and, and I didn't want it to, you know? And so, um, when, when Vernon left, it was like, Oh my God, it's going to be the end of the world at 92.9. Um, and we'll still have the lights on at 92.9 and, and I wish you the best over where you are. And, uh, um, you know, we're all just trying to make a living and, and, and and you know, be reasonably insightful if we can.
1: Yeah, like, um, one of the points I made earlier is that all the shows here are successful. Every one of them gets great ratings. Every one of them is successful. And so the idea that... Um, you know, like the, the, this station will still be successful. People are still going to listen. And honestly, I—if anybody will have me—I'm happy to come back and be guest from time to time. I—I um, I don't have any intention on on, on disappearing. And I—I uh, I, I would. I'd never be so foolish as to think that I'm—I'm—you know—I was the first one here, but I'm not the only thing that makes this thing successful. Lots of people make this thing successful, and there's, somebody else is going to be here from four to six every day, and it's going to be fabulous, and I'll be listening to it—you uh, know—you know—in my car driving home from a golf course some afternoon. I, I'm certain. I will say one, one thing that was jarring. I got a—I got a—I <laughs> got an email about about a. About 50 minutes ago, it said, hi, Gary, yeah. you're getting this email to confirm that you're no longer an administrator on 92.9 FM ESPN's Facebook page. I was like, wow, they have kicked me out already. <laughs> were you ever on 92.9 No, Facebook I don't even page? think I knew that I had administrative you're rights. You were an administrator. I don't even think yeah. I knew. Is he didn't score
6: you out. You're getting a goodbye show. Hunter didn't, did he?
1: Oh, no, he that was that was that was bad blood that was a totally not bad blood. that was that was a, bad blood. That was a was totally different blood. set of circumstances <laughs> yes, <it was. laughs> let's keep let's yeah. just keep it at that that was a totally different, that way, yeah that was a totally different set of circumstances um I, I you know and I mean this sincerely I'm leaving here on completely good terms like am I I don't want to suggest that there aren't some people here who I'm sure are frustrated that um, you know that this happened uh, pretty abruptly. And that um i I am leaving like I, I i get it, but everybody has been understanding everybody has been supportive, and for Dan Barron to let me sit here today and do this show um I, you know i, I appreciate that because he didn't have to, and I think some people wouldn't would- you know some people wouldn't, but he he allowed me to do that, and he trusted me to to handle it the right way, and I hope that i'm I hope that I'm doing that
6: It is amazing that when we started, there was this like will it work? You know, like there was this feeling, would it work? But I remember we met with Dan and Dan was like, well, this isn't like, you know, there's not one NFL team here that everybody talks about, like at Alabama, everyone talks about whatever. And will it, this sort of question I give them, you know, they flipped the a non-sports station to non-sports and not only has it worked, it, I mean, you know, whatever the, the, the ratings have been, you know, throughout the day, were just ridiculous. Uh, and, um, and so, um, I think that speaks to Memphis. I also think it speaks to the kind of shows that we have and have had, you know, with you as the first. Um, and uh, yeah, and and you know, it's been a, it's been a massive success, and obviously you um, spearheaded it.
1: Um, you know, that, that's one of the points I tried to make in the opening segment is that we started this thing with no real understanding of whether it would work or what was possible, and it has been built because of uh, the hard work of a lot of people. Uh, some people you s- hear on the air, other people behind the scenes, it has worked so incredibly well that this is literally, I-, I hope people understand this, it's literally one of the highest rated sports talk stations in the entire country. Like if you even, I don't want to put numbers on it because I don't know exactly what it is, but every once in a while, you'll read about the New York sports talk radio wars between WFAN and you know ESPN New York. And it's like, this one show is killing this other show because they got a five and this other show got a three. And we just, while recognizing it, it's a different size market, I got it. But, like, we we smash those numbers. And I mean all of us, not just me, not just you. Every show on this station smashes anything that could be considered traditionally strong sports talk radio um, ratings. And that's... um that's a wild thing, and it's why this this station will continue to flourish because um, there, there's there's a, a pretty s- large sample size that suggests, um, you know, uh, you know, you put a show on ninety two nine FM ESPN, there are going to be people there to listen to it. Yeah, and you get a few months off. That's fun too. Oh well, yeah, that's the one of the pros. <laughs> there's no getting around <laughs> it. I, you know, I get the I get the you know recharge, but also like go through a college basketball season, you know, I start going to New York next week, and I'll be in New York every, basically every week between now and and the uh, NCAA tournament. And those days, as you know and Bennett knows, those are hard, man. I'm in studio till 2 in the morning. I'm up the next morning doing a podcast, Top 25 and 1, prepping for a radio show, pre-taping a radio show, and then going back in the studio, staying there till 2 in the morning. And now I just... You know, I, I I don't have to do a two hour radio show for the next three months, and uh, that's gonna like it's just gonna make everything it my life is is gonna be really nice for the next three months in ways that I don't even remember being the case during basketball season uh, at any time over the years. And so, absolutely, like I'm, I'm I, I there will be moments where I miss, you know, talking, being able to plan a show and do a show over the next few months. Like when Memphis beats Houston, and, I, man, I wish – I got so much to say about this. I wish I could – I wish I were doing the show today. And, like, that's going to happen. I know that. But um, I am looking forward to just sort of unplugging a little bit. While still doing all of my work with CBS, so I'm still going to be having a full-time, like, overwhelming job. But, but not having this on top of it for at least a three-month period is going to be – I, I think it's, it's going to be uh, enjoyable. And, and hopefully relaxing on some level.
6: And, I, and I, I'm i now in the minivan, and uh let's see, how many of us are here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of us are in the minivan. <laughs> so I'm going to hang up in a minute. But yep. I have to say that I thought that, um, first of all, I'm, I'm curious what it'll feel like walking out of there. Like, it's always weird to walk out of a workplace for the last time. You know, that, that, that's weird. But I always thought that some of the most, the best stuff you did, beyond the ridiculous, crazy stuff that we did, was, um, you know, when you're talking about Colin Kaepernick or you're talking about, you know, uh, black lives matter stuff, or you're talking about like, you know, um, it was not particularly, and it is not even now, like particularly popular with everyone that you, that you were speaking to. Um, and you didn't care, honestly, like mm-hmm. it, 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 in the end, there are moments where it doesn't matter if someone turns the channel, you know, like you got to say what you got to say. And I do think, that I think look back over the 13 years and the fact that you would say those things and would script those things. So you were saying exactly what you wanted to say to people, whether they wanted to hear it or not. I thought that was really your, honestly, I think it's your best way.
1: Well, thank you. Like earlier when we were talking about favorite segments, my favorite two segments of the show uh, every day is the five o'clock segment, just talking to you about something serious, but more often something really not serious and just goofy and also the opening of the show because um, without a co-host and I lean on Bennett all the time. I used to lean on Brad sometimes as well, but without a co-host, it frees me up to say whatever I want to say without interruption for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, however long I want to take it. And there are days, not every day, but there are days when I really f- had something I wanted to say in a serious manner. And I would work hard to prep for that and then i would work hard to deliver it in the way that i wanted to deliver it and it wasn't always popular but i decided a long time ago that um i'm gonna do what i want to do what feels right to me and um if it doesn't work it'll be my fault you know i should have maybe listened but um you know it, it for whatever reason it it worked and uh you know, for anybody who might have turned the station, it, it, I know we gained more than we lost every single time. And so um, thank you for saying that. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate you all this time. I don't want to keep you in the minivan uh, much longer. But, hey, we'll talk again. If you ever need a, a yeah. college basketball guest, let me know. I'll be here.
6: <laughs> I, I, yeah, I may turn you. Thank you, Dave. All right, brother. I'll see you. Bye-bye. See you, bye.
1: In fact, thinking back on it now, and I really didn't remember this or I might have noted it earlier. Um, you know that you, you start this show, and first off, people never heard a local show on a big FM signal, right? So it's all new. And one of the big differences between FM and AM is the on prices. AM. If people are listening to you, they are they have come to listen to you. Nobody just stumbles into you on AM radio, except for right. maybe a truck driver no, or that's something. True. You know, the, whoever is there, is there, they, they, they sought you out. On FM, the truth is people stumble into you. There are people just, they have 92.9 programmed into their radio. I'm taking you back to 2010 now. And it's like, okay, I'm on 98.1. I don't really like this song. Uh, here's Rock 103. Yeah, I don't really like this song. Here's FM 100. Oh, yeah, they're in a commercial. Here's The River. Yeah, they're in a commercial. Here's my other one, 929. This is 93X, except now suddenly it's not. Now it's the Gary Parrish show. And it's like, what is this guy talking about? And you, you, you know, some people stumble into you and they go, Well, I definitely don't like this. Or they stumble into you and they go, Well, this is interesting. I can't tell you how many people over the years said I never listened to sports talk radio until I started listening to you. And some of that is because you're just exposed to it in whatever ways you might be exposed, but sometimes people literally just stumble into it in ways that are possible on FM that are not possible on AM. And so I remember very early on, maybe the initial ratings weren't exactly what we wanted them to be. Or they were going up and down or something. I just remember at one point, Brad Carson, who you know was on, it's on some level has been in charge of this, and mm, like, and 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 you know, it's his job to run it and to uh, coach. And you know, Brad's got a longer radio career than I do. I've never done nothing at a radio station except talk into a microphone. That's it. I don't know anything else about anything. All I do is talk into a microphone. That is the extent of all what I know. And so, Brad trying to be helpful. Would come to me and say, you know, maybe if you did this and did that and did that, but he'd be, he would do it in such uh, the kindest, least threatening, most passive way, because that's just who he is. He, do, you know, he doesn't want to be uh in-your-face boss, pointing your fin- pointing his finger, yelling, telling you what you must do. Or at least he was never that way with me, and has never been that way to me. But I do remember one time he had some maybe suggestions. You know, maybe if you did this or stayed away from that, maybe don't talk about this controversial thing, especially controversial thing in a market like, you know, a southern city. You know, what do you think the folks in will think about what you think about that that kind of stuff, right? In the kindest way, I remember him having some suggestions about maybe what will work and what won't. And as I recall it, I either verbalized this to him or I just said it to myself and kept moving forward. But I said, you know, what I'm going to do is what I feel like doing. What I'm going to say is what I feel like saying. What I'm going to talk about are the things that I want to talk about. And more often than not, they will be sports, but sometimes they won't be. Sometimes I will talk about personal stories. Sometimes I'll talk about professional stories. Sometimes I'll talk about sports. Sometimes I'll talk about non-sports things. Sometimes I'll talk about politics. Sometimes I'll talk in a serious tone. Sometimes I'll just be laughing the entire time. But I'm going to plan a show every day that I find interesting and just hope to God it's interesting for other people. And I remember at some point telling Brad Some version of, please, just let me do this the way I want to do it. And I promise you, if it doesn't work, I'll change. I'll listen. Because I don't remember the timing on it exactly. But one story I remember reading about Conan O'Brien. And uh, let me stop. I'm not comparing myself to Conan O'Brien or this to The (laughs) Tonight Show. Okay, so just stop. But you'll get the point. Conan O'Brien was doing that late show after The Tonight Show, and then he got hired to to replace Jay Leno on The Tonight Show. And he was just doing the show that he wanted to do. Like, same sort of attitude that I had, right? I know what I want to do. I know what feels right. I know what I want. I I know what I prefer. That's what I'm going to do. And as the story goes, they started coming to him pretty early and saying, hey, what you're doing worked in that time slot. But this is a different audience. You're not talking to college kids anymore. You're talking to, you know, grandmothers in the Midwest who are trying to fall asleep. You've got to understand that, and you've got to adjust. And as the story goes, he refused. I know what I'm doing. Don't tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. And then what happened? He lost the show. That's right. I remember that well. Yeah. It never went where he wanted it to go, and they took it back from him and gave it back to Jay Leno. And, I, rem- again, excuse me if the timing doesn't quite add up. This stuff is all jumbled in my head, and I didn't plan to talk about this at all. But I remember thinking, just let me try to do this the way I want to do it, and if it doesn't work, I'll be the opposite of Conan O'Brien. I'll fall in line. But let me at least try to, because what I would prefer to do is the show I want to do, if it works. We don't know if it'll work, but let me try it. And then it it got going pretty quickly where everybody just kind of got out of my way. Um, you know, by the way, my beliefs and politics, it, I'm sure run counter to some of the people who work here, who are technically in charge of me. And I can tell you, hand to heart, there isn't one time anybody here came to me and said, you got to reel that in a little bit. You can't go that far with it. They stayed out of my way. They, they respected me enough as somebody doing this job to just let me do it the way I wanted to do it. And that's true at CBS as well. People often think, you know, CBS got a billion dollar contract with the NCAA. So this is why you don't, nobody at CBS has ever told me not to write or say anything. And the same thing is true here. I talked five days a week for 13 years. And I don't remember anybody ever pulling me aside and saying, hey, um, you know, it's your show, but. It'd probably be helpful if you didn't A B C D. Just none of that. And I don't take that for granted. Uh, I don't. I, I can tell you, not every radio host is afforded that type of freedom. I have friends who worked at other places in different markets, and you know they were very much told what they can talk about, what they can't talk about. Nobody ever told me what to talk about. Go in, do your show, however you want to do it. And um, you know, I'm I'm I'm. I'm th- that's not going to change you know, so I'm not giving that up, but I want to make sure, um, you know, people understand I never took that for granted because I know not everybody is afforded that same freedom, but uh, the people here in that regard and every other regard were, were always great about it. Be back in a second. What's
4: up? Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios. We don't pray for disaster. We just pray we'll get called when there is one. At Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, now back to the Gary Parrott Show. On 929 ESPN. Off
1: the hill with the mean You Nice house. If you look out, you can see some eagles and a few yachts. Got a roommate, he won't move out. If he won't smoke, he's cool out. And he drilled. Got the two out. It's the Wolf Gang Brooklyn Zoo out. I'm officially tired of talking about myself. That's the truth.
5: I mean, you only got 20 minutes left.
1: Let's go back to basketball. Okay. Grizzly Suns tonight. Yeah. Down in Phoenix right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Gary Darby going to have your pregame show at 830. Eric Hasseltine on the call at 9 o'clock. During four notable stories at 444 before we took it a different direction. Um, We were talking about the quotes from John Morant, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, John doubling down on his, I'm fine in the West comments from earlier in the week. He doubled down on those comments in Phoenix, Arizona today in advance of a game against the Suns. Desmond Bain was also asked about this and he said, quote, that's how we all feel. We may not all say it on that platform or have the opportunity to say it on that platform, but he is a good representation of our team and how we all feel.
5: I mean look, I I love the confidence. Um I I wouldn't expect him to say anything differently. Um just want to point out just to be devil's advocate. They have lost two in a row to Western Conference teams. <laughs> I'm just I'm just oh, Somebody
1: that out there. I saw somebody tweet last night or like uh, the Grizzlies are 8-8 eight and eight against the West this season or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean,
5: listen, the schedule has been super favorable. But, again, they, they're missing one of their best players. Right. you got to always throw that in there. And it does appear that – I don't know if he's going to play tonight, but it does appear Desmond Bayon is on track to play very soon again for the team. And so that will be a great development. And I think that they likely will stay one of the best teams in the West – with their full
1: roster together. I think they're the best team in the West when they're healthy. Yeah. And like there's some argument to be made they're the best team in the West even when they're not healthy because they have not been healthy all year and they're still in like fr- ever with this crew. Or they're still in first <laughs> right. they're still in first place in the West. Like right now at this moment first place in the West. So um I love the confidence. I'm with you. And it, you know I I think it starts with Ja but I don't think there's any, like, I don't think it's fake confidence. It, it, it could be misguided confidence. It could be. But I don't think it's fake. I think they genuinely believe that they're the best team in the West, that they are going to win the West, and that they are going to try to beat the Celtics, assuming the Celtics are the Eastern represent, representative. I think they genuinely believe they're going to go try to beat the Celtics in the NBA Finals in 2023. And if they're healthy when the playoffs get here, um, that's who I would pick. I really, genu- yep. and I genuinely believe that's the, that's the best team in the West when healthy. But obviously, when you say something like this, you're setting yourself up to have it thrown right back in your face, especially if you don't perform tonight in Phoenix. When you were specifically asked today about the Suns, hey, I know you said you're fine in the West, but like, what about the Suns? Mm-hmm. I said what I said.
5: Well, and the other thing, too, is like, Another national TV game. Oh yeah! Like they have not fared well. I can't wait for this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I, 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 I'm gonna. Uh, you know, I've had a lot going on. You might have heard. I did,
5: yeah, I did. I've had, Hear about that, yeah. I've had a
1: lot going on. I've had a lot going on. In addition to like you know just Christmas stuff. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Had a lot going on, but uh, I, I feel like tonight I can settle in.
5: Oh yeah, I'm getting loose. I'm gonna get loose tonight. I'm getting loose tonight too.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna get loose. I'll, tonight. I'll text you. I'm going to text you, too. <laughs> Santa Barkley's coming to town. He's delivering $20 million in gifts this holiday season to FanDuel customers. It doesn't matter if you've been naughty or nice. St. Chuck has something for everybody. Just check your FanDuel app for no sweats, same-game parlays, bonuses, and all sorts of stuff that will fill you with holiday cheer. New to FanDuel? Now's the perfect time to sign up. And remember to use promo code Gary. Hope it still works. Promo code Gary. I don't have access to Facebook anymore. Hope it still works. (laughs) (laughs) I think it works. It works. (laughs) Promo code Gary at FanDuel.com. The app's easy to use. FanDuel is always hooking you up with great promotions, and when you win, you get paid instantly. So go see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book and get in the holiday spirit with $20 million in gifts from Santa Barkley. That's FanDuel. It's an official partner of Odyssey and 92.9 FM ESPN. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. Price total dependent on customer participation. Wager requirements apply. Gifts awarded as non-withdrawable site credit or free bets. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem called Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. We'll be back with Dinner to Go
4: guests appear on the smile center hotline live from the service master by cornerstone studios we don't pray for disaster we just pray we get called when there is one at service master by cornerstone now now back to the gary paris show on 92.9 fm espn
1: when disaster strikes do you know who to call It's Service Master by Cornerstone. It's the largest franchise in a 600-mile radius. But you don't just call them because they're the largest. You call them because they're the absolute best at solving problems after a disaster. You might be dealing with a disaster right now. I was texting Bennett nonstop yesterday trying to figure out what to do with my faucets. (laughs) I didn't know what to do.
5: (laughs) I didn't know what to do. Did my advice help? You want to know the honest? Your pipes didn't break, did they?
1: Not yet. Great. Here's the honesty got truth. Last night, we had uh, part of the family over. And like uh, my niece's um, um, partner was was at the house, and he said, uh, "I said, listen, what do I need to do? Like about like what I just you you look like a man who like knows things about how to avoid frozen pipes. What should I do?" And he said, "You uh, well, you know you, you need to have those covers for your outside waterfalls, yeah. right? Yeah. I swear to, you, I've had those for years. Yeah." I never
5: never knew what they were.
1: Yeah. I just thought they they were in the way. (laughs) So I got rid of them at some point. In fairness, we might
5: need them like once a
1: year. I was like, what are these things? What are these like things? These things connected to my water hose faucets out on the outside of my house. That's how little I know about everything. So I was texting Bennett, like, yo, man, do I need to turn these faucets on and wrap them up? Just Just guide me. So far, so good. Good. I figured I just I just sort of made the decision. I don't know if this is um, environmentally friendly, but I was like, I'd rather waste $50 worth of water than have busted pipes. <laughs> you know? Right. So let's just run everything. Let's just run everything. Yeah. You know, I'll pay $50 extra water bill to run everything rather than have to deal with frozen pipes. But if you've got busted pipes, guess who can help you with that? Service Master by Cornerstone. They handle... Uh, Storm damage, fire damage, smoke damage, water damage from overflow toilets, and, yes, busted pipes. So if you ever need them, they're there for you 24-7. 901-624-9200. That's the number. 901-624-9200. It's ServiceMaster by Cornerstone. On the web, smcornerstone.com. Let's do Dinner to Go.
4: Dinner to Go is brought to you by Memphis Barbecue Company. It's Dinner to Go. What did we learn today?
1: whole bunch of stuff, but I think – I think – The most important thing is that uh, if you were here earlier, uh, you know by now. I uh, announced in the opening segment of the show that this is the last Gary Parish show on 92.9 FM ESPN. I have accepted a job with Grimes City Media and the Grizzlies uh, to do a two-hour weekday show uh, with them starting in 2023. We will not start it immediately for a lot of different reasons, um, but... Uh, the working plan at this point is to get going um, in April uh, with a new version of the Gary Parish show in a different place. And um, li- like I explained, um, I, I, you know, every time I've been presented with opportunities over the 13 years that I've been here, I've, I've weighed them. I've considered them. And sat down with my family. And we have decided every single time, okay, yeah, that's a bigger market, but we don't need to do that. Okay, sure, that's more money, but we don't need to do that. Every single time we've decided as a family that uh, the best thing to do was to stay at 92.9 FM ESPN. And every single time, I think that was the right decision. I don't think we messed any of those up. I never regretted turning down any of the things I turned down previously to stay here. And I was, um, you know, operating under the assumption on some level that I was just going to stay here and keep doing this for as long as I did it. Um, I love doing it. I get to host that afternoon drive time show in my hometown. Uh, But I was ultimately presented with uh, an opportunity that for a lot of different reasons became one that we just looked at it from every angle and said, this is not something we can pass on. We have to, now's the time. We've considered moves before, but now's the time to actually pull the trigger. Um, I don't say I, I, I do it with no confliction You know, I'm very proud of what we built here, and I love doing this show. I love the people I work with and the people I work for. Um, I'm not running from anything. I was happy here. Um, Felt appreciated. All of the things you hear people say sometimes when they leave a job, well, you know, they didn't that, and they didn't this, and they didn't. none None of that exists. I'm telling you, hand to heart, none of it exists. I felt appreciated. I felt... Everybody did everything they could possibly do to make my time here great and to try to keep me here forever. And ultimately, we just reached a a place in time where this is where we go in different directions. So I'll still be in town, still doing some version of what I do. And um, 92.9 will still be here flourishing in all of the ways that it's flourished Um, over the past decade uh, plus. So I'll I'll miss being here Monday through Friday, but uh, you can still count on me being a loyal listener. What's the
4: biggest game tonight? Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.
1: Grizzly Suns. Footprint Center, Phoenix, Arizona. It's a Western Conference showdown between the Memphis Grizzlies and a Phoenix Suns franchise that John Morant is not that concerned about. Grizzlies are two-and-a-half-point favorites tonight. Totals 226.5. Big Bet Bennett, can you give me a winner on my way out?
5: They can't lose three in a row. Well? They can't lose three in a row. Come like, it would be irresponsible of me and all of the Grizzlies fans listening to go against the Grizzlies tonight. They
1: are 0 1 since I verbally agreed to join the franchise. <laughs> That's true. (laughs) And we're going to blame this on you. If this season goes bad, it's your fault. They are 0-1 since I verbally agreed to join the franchise. So hopefully we can get that back to 500 tonight. Big Bet Bennett says he's going to lay that 2.5. Might get some money line, too. What should I watch
4: on TV? Presented by Edwin Wattsgolf. All
1: right, we don't have a new Dateline tonight. What?
4: Yeah, yeah.
5: Did they not know this was the last Gary Parish show on 92.9? Nine? Nothing's really working
1: out so well. Come on, Keith. Like, this is, this is this hasn't worked out so well. After all we've done for you? Last Gary Parish show, we get known Dateline. Uh-huh. Um, by the way, we're making this major announcement. Nobody's driving around today. <laughs> yeah, no one's on the street. <laughs> Nobody's even listening. No one's going to know? Nobody even knows. Yes, they are. Nobody yes, even knows. They do. I, I like when I drove in today, I was like there's nobody in their cars. I'm the only one driving on the interstate right now. Oh. Like there was a point where I turned on the interstate near my home and I I was the only I couldn't see a car. Mm-hmm. I didn't even see another car anywhere and I was like Oh, great. Your big announcement. Nobody's. (laughs) Nobody. Nobody. Everybody's just consuming weather coverage. Nobody cares about your stupid radio show. Thanks, Elliot. So I don't have a dateline to preview. I didn't. uh, I did. I'm assuming the audience was less than it otherwise would be because people just aren't in their cars. So, yeah. Uh, And Jeff was asking earlier, like, uh, so what's it going to be like walking out of the building for the last time? And I was like, Dark and lonely like every, like, every <laughs> like like every other time I walk out of here? That's the thing about not getting off till six o'clock. Nobody's here. Yeah. Nobody's here. Oh, like, gonna, I'm just gonna go get my stuff and walk outside and drive home in the dark. So I'm sure it'll be fine. We can't do dateline, so can I interest you in Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery?
5: Yeah, you absolutely can. I liked the first one. Um I hear good things about this one. I think it's probably gonna get nominated for some
1: Oscars, so yeah, I'll watch it for sure. I will for sure as well. Yeah. If not tonight, some point this weekend. It dropped on Netflix today. Go check it out.
4: Is there anything I need to make sure I
1: read? Yeah, some nice news from Ross Dellinger, SI.com. The threshold for a college coach to be inducted into the Hall of Fame is a 60% winning percentage. Mike Leach died with a winning percentage of 59.6%. But Archie Manning, who you know has a powerful voice in this thing, has told Ross Dellinger, we need to make an exception for Mike Leach, and that suggests that, that they will. So um, that's a good to see. It, it appears Mike Leach is going to end up where he should absolutely end up, and that is in the, the Hall of Fame for, for college football coaches. What's on tap next week? Well, next week nobody's going to be here.
5: Uh, that's right, yes. We are uh, off next week. We will actually uh, be running quite a few bowl games. I believe we'll be carrying, of course, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Uh, we'll be carrying some SEC games, Grizzlies, UT. So uh, we'll have a lot going on on the station next week, uh, especially during bowl season. And then
1: everybody will be back in studio here on Tuesday, January 3rd. That's right. So I'll be looking forward to that. I won't be here. But I'll be listening. Thank you, GP. Thank you, brother. Everybody enjoy the holiday. The rest of 2022, I'm going to try to do the same. And then uh, I'll catch up with you down the road. Till then, be careful, be kind,
0: be good. Wrap
1: your hood. (sighs) Spring
0: is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?